Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I've been wanting to do this particular episode for about a month now, and the names have changed, they've moved, they've shifted, and the timing has gotten more and more complicated, but today I finally decided we are doing this damn show if it's the last thing I do. Welcome to Best Picks of the Year so far. It's December 21st, we're about two months into the NBA season, so again, these names could continue to shift up and down the board, but I thought it'd be, my, eh, it'd be a little bit fun to do kind of an engagement farming type of episode of Fantasy NBA Today, where I go over my top picks of the season to this point. You guys can yell at me about them. I have no problem with that. You can use the live chat room if you're watching the show in real time. You can use the comments section after the fact. You can find me on social media at Dan Vespers, and we can scream about it over there. But I thought this would be not even necessarily an exercise. I just think these are the names of the guys who have had the largest positive impact compared, at least, to where they were drafted. Again, you can find me over on social at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. That website is sportsethos.com. And the news feed is Ethos Fantasy BK. We're going to count up or count down, I guess is the direction we're probably going. I don't know what the proper nomenclature is for that as I check to make sure I'm hitting the right button on the screen in front of me. And we will start with number 10. Number 10 on the board is Kobe White. Let's make that bigger for you guys. Kobe White is the number 10 pick in fantasy, and the reason he's not higher is because it took a Zach Levine shutdown to get him to where he's at right now. So things could still change. He's number 73 overall on the season, and that's another reason why he isn't higher on the board is because his major ascent has been over the last three and a half to four weeks, but the first month of the season, he was outside the top 160. So for a while there, the Bulls had their three guys going, and Kobe White was a little bit of an afterthought, but lately, he's gone completely nuts. He is in the top three in the NBA in three-pointers made behind just Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. He's averaging 17.5 points per game on the season, and over the past month, he's averaging 23 points per game and is a top 30 player again this list is not about what might happen in the next month or two months or whatever because Zach Levine might be back for the Bulls he might get traded and there may be we heard rumors yesterday even as recently as 24 hours ago that the Lakers were offering up D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura and money and picks and so forth and if those guys come back Those are guys that would cut into what Kobe's doing right now. But he is a feature part of what they're doing. He's playing some of the most minutes of anybody in the NBA over the last month. And even though the steals and the blocks are basically non-existent, he's hitting so many three-pointers, and he's doing it so efficiently that he's been very, very good. But again, I can't put him higher because, again, it's only the last month. The first month was kind of bad. If I do this list again a month from now and he's been this good for another month, he'd probably end up higher on the list, but this is as far as I'm willing to go today. 
Number nine on the board is Jalen Johnson. I know he's injured right now, but that was a crazy leap he had made prior to going down. Uh, Jalen Johnson, his current rank is 49 on a per-game basis. Uh, I'm fully aware that he's been out for the last three weeks, so that makes it harder. But just again, this is a guy who in a lot of leagues was a waiver wire pickup. The B-150 had him obscenely early, so in any league that I was in where someone was reading the Brewski 150 or paid attention to sports ethos, he was getting drafted in the last round. And again, basically an end of the fourth, early fifth round value pretty much since day one. He's at 14 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, a steal, a block, a three-pointer, 60% almost from the field, 76 at the free throw line. And he's been a key part of what Atlanta was doing when they were winning ballgames. And since he went down, Atlanta's basically stopped winning ballgames. So there's every reason to believe that when Johnson comes back, which apparently, we got word yesterday, could be within the week, he should pick up right where he left off playing 30 minutes a game and being a, a huge part of what the Hawks are doing. It's pretty wild to get a top 50 guy in the last round of your draft that didn't even need anything to happen for him to get unlocked. And that's why Jalen Johnson is number nine. Not higher because, well, partially because he's hurt and partially because the names you're going to see, I just think, have been more important. One of those is his teammate, Bogdan Bogdanovich who's been ridiculous so far. He's number 37 on the year with a steals rate that still feels somewhat unsustainable, but 17.6 points. He's also among the league leaders in three-pointers made in only 28 minutes of ballgame right now. The steals are great. The free throw number is excellent. He somehow managed to keep himself from being a large negative in any one statistical category. The fact that he's inside the top 40 is ridiculous. He's basically an end of the third round value again, a guy drafted at the very end of draft, and to get someone this high. Because remember, it gets harder and harder to climb the board the higher you go. So the fact that he's still in this range, and he's played 25 ball games now, that's crazy. Like, he's ahead of Bam Adebayo. He's ahead of Anthony Edwards in nine-category ranking. And I know some of that is because his turnovers are at only 1.2, and those guys turn the ball over significantly more than he does. But that is absolutely freaking wild a massive leaper and again safe to say the only reason he's not higher is because the guys that are up on the top of this board are guys that are in that uppermost echelon where they're making such a positive impact on your team it cannot be overstated number seven of my board is brooke lopez and you guys know i've got a soft spot for brooke he was drafted near 75 or 80 in most drafts, and he's number 27 right now. Sure, you could yell at me that Bogdan Bogdanovich belongs ahead of him on my rank board because they're within 10 slots of each other, but right now, Brooke Lopez is the current NBA leader in total blocks and blocks per game because not only is he blocking over three shots a night, he's also played in 27 basketball games this year. He has 83 blocks on the year, and as an interesting sort of point of reference... I'm in a lot of Roto Leagues. You guys know this about me. Right now, the middle pack teams in Roto Leagues are at about 200. It's two and a half Brook Lopez's right now, and you'd be mid-pack. More than likely, you have 12 or 13 other guys on your team besides Brook Lopez. The fact that he's doing that by himself 
is not, we can't say that's enough to win blocks. But if you have just basically an average team plus Brooke Lopez, you go from being the middle of the pack to being way out in front of it. And you got him probably in the seventh round. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Derek White is number six. This one's one of the most amazing calls of the year. Also, uh, someone who was pretty high in the Brewski 150. He was initially getting drafted near 60, and then the Celtics traded for Drew Holiday, and he fell. He started falling 70s, 80s range. Well, he's number 22 right now. He's been insane. 16.5 points, almost three three three-pointers, four boards, five assists, 1.3 steals, 1.2 blocks from the guard spot, and 49-87 splits, field goal, and free throw percent. He is damn close to being a positive impact fantasy player in all nine statistical categories. The only one where he's not a positive is rebounding. How wild is that? There's only one player, I believe, right now in the NBA who's a positive impact player in every single fantasy category, and that's Kawhi Leonard. And don't worry, he's later on the list, but the other guy that's in the running for this is Derek White. And basically what he's missing is about uh, 1.7 rebounds per game. He's a 9-cat guy, effectively. I know small negative in rebounds, but you know how hard it is to do that? The answer is very, very hard. And he's doing it. And he was drafted in the 70s and 80s. And he's a mid-second rounder. Absurd. Number five on my list is James Harden. James Harden is number 16 right now. He started the year not playing. And that's why he fell in drafts. I got him in, in many drafts near 60 at the end. That's ridiculous. Over the past three weeks, he's number six. Number six in nine category leagues. This is James Harden we're talking about. I mean, really, like, think about that. He was supposed to lose value wherever he went. Last two weeks, he's number seven. Last week, he's number five. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's now a mid-first rounder nightly. One of the top assist guys in the NBA again. Percentages are really good right now because he's basically only doing the things that feel right for the Clippers, and it's not going to hold. He's not going to shoot 52% or whatever he's had the last couple weeks for the rest of the year. But he's hitting four three-pointers over that stretch. He's near 12 assists. He's getting steals. He's blocking shots. The big free-throw impact stuff is all back again. 
basically, we're talking about a guy who is a first-rounder and was drafted in the 50s and 60s. And after missing a few games to start the year, you know, he's he's up to 22 games played, which is right in there with most of the other guys that have been basically healthy this year. The guys are 26, whatever. As the season goes... If those guys miss a game here or there and Harden doesn't on any given week, they end up basically even in that number. He's turned out to be an insane, insane pick. And I want to address one thing because I think I I sent a tweet out that was like, James Harden has been one of the best picks in fantasy sports right now. And somebody was like, you cannot call him that because the reason he fell in drafts was because he was on the trade block and we knew things were going on there. And I'm like, that's like, whatever reason you give... People took him where they took him. It doesn't matter. I took him when he fell into the 50s. I think I took him when he even fell into the 40s in a couple of spots, and I ended up with way more James Harden than I expected this year because I didn't think Philly was going to let him linger for that long. I didn't think they could. I didn't think they reasonably could let James Harden hang around that team or he would ruin whatever good vibes the other guys were trying to build. So I drafted him thinking they're going to move this guy soon. It's going to happen fast. Because James Harden, in Philly at the very least, was a cancer to the team. They had to get rid of him. It couldn't linger for more than a couple of weeks. Team got a couple of wins. Front office was like, all right, we're good. Bye, James. We're going to get what we're going to get. They just wanted him out of there. And so I treated him, and I know I say don't draft guys that are injured to start the year, but I treated him like he was, you know, a one- to two-week injury. And that's exactly what it turned out to be. And then I called him a buy low right after the trade because one, you know, whatever, how many, four or five games, those guys didn't really know how to play together at all. And then they moved him into the starting lineup, and that evaporated. But right now, James Harden is number five because he's just been incredible. Uh, And there isn't many reasons to think it's going to slow down. Clippers as a team have been fantasy juggernauts. Quick pause in the middle of the show to remind everybody to please like the show if you're watching it. Subscribe no matter where you're taking in the show. And if you have a moment over on traditional pod channels, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, please drop a five-star review. I don't even know where to find it on Spotify. I know in the podcast app on mobile devices, you have to like search for the show and then scroll all the way to the bottom. Like Once you hit the, sc- the show title, but not an episode name, I don't know, maybe they switched that in one of the more recent iOS updates, but it was always kind of hard to find. So if you got 90 seconds, please do that. We've been, uh, I haven't really hammered you guys for that all that much this year, but it does matter. We've been sort of languishing in the mid 800s on that. I'd like to try to get to a thousand at some point. That would be kind of a a fun goal for me uh, on the, the ratings and review side of things. But really subscribing, that's the big one. You subscribe, it moves up the board. Other people can see the show and then hopefully they do as well. So however you're taking in the pod, like, subscribe, we'll roll from there. Uh, Again, I'm over on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. You can find Sports Ethos in Discord and link in the show description. And our final promo is, of course, for our buddies at Manscaped.com. It's holiday season, man. This is the time. This is the time to go get some stuff. You can knock out like four or five gifts all at once. I don't know how many hairy dudes you have in your life, but this is the spot for them. Use promo code ethos 20 ethos 20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your Manscaped.com order. Manscaped.com, electric razors, electric sideburn trimmers, luxury nail kit, chapstick, boxer briefs, shaving cream, powders, oils, scents. They've got it all. 
They've got it all. They can handle all of your holiday needs at once. And again, use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. Number four on my best picks list is Chad Holmgren. And these guys that are in front of Harden, like they had to be so good to get where they are right now. Chad is number nine on a per-game basis. He was drafted around 40 to 45, so not quite as far down the board as Harden was at the very end of draft season. But also, Chet's been there since day one. Harden was bad the first few, didn't play for the first week and a half, and then was bad for a few games. And so that's why Chet's in front of him. But these are two that could flip pretty easily if James continues to do what he's been doing, largely because Holmgren's value, and look, he's doing really well in a lot of stuff. He's positive impact in field goal and free throw percent. Uh, he's been a small positive in scoring, good rebound numbers. But let's be honest, a lot of Chet's value is tied up in blocks, much the way that JJJ's was last year, so while he is number nine on a per-game basis, a good deal of that is the one monster statistical category, and then being like kind of good in a few others has helped as well. I don't want to downplay what Chet's done. That's why he's number four on my list. I'm very happy that we had him sort of on our targets board because this was the kind of thing you were hoping for. Guy who can block shots, big man who can shoot free throws is like one of the tenets of getting somebody who typically beats their ADP and not only has he been making them but he's been making them at a ridiculous clip and maybe it comes down as the year goes we'll see if the rigors of an NBA season start to wear him down a little bit but so far he's been one of the best picks in fantasy drafted in the 40s uh mid to late first rounder right now like he's ahead of Kevin Durant he's ahead of Damian Lillard who's been rapidly on the rise so maybe that won't last very long but Chet's been nuts and that's why he's number four. And you guys can probably figure out the top three. You're just going to have to wonder what order I've got them in. And the next one at number three is Scotty Barnes, who's right behind Chet in overall rank at number 11. But the reason I have him ahead of Chet is that he was getting drafted a full round later. So while Chet, you had to probably spend your fourth round pick to get this first round value. Scotty Barnes, you were getting him at a fifth round value. Which again, that's kind of where James Harden was going near the end. But... Scotty Barnes has played in five more games. He's also ranked five slots ahead of Harden. And so, for me, the reason he's ahead of Harden and Chet is that the degree of difficulty was just higher on this one. I didn't think Barnes was going to have this kind of leap. He was not a guy that I had on my board. So, anybody who thinks that this list is self-serving, it's very much not. This was one I wish I had, but I didn't. He's at 21 points, nine boards, six assists, one and a half steals, one and 1.3 blocks, two three-pointers shooting 49% from the field. It's been a, a, an increase for him in basically every conceivable way. The only fear, of course, is do the Raptors blow things up? He wouldn't be a guy they trade away, but he'd be a guy that goes crazy for you know a month or two when they do, and then they'd probably have to start giving him days off because at that point there'd be no issue. But right now, it's not a thing you need to worry about. Toronto's still trying to fight at the very bottom of that play-in zone of teams. And for Barnes... To be able to get somebody in the 50s that's been a first-rounder pretty much since day one and generally healthy all season to this point, he's number three. To who on earth could be number two and number one? Number two is old man Kawhi Leonard. I know what you're thinking, Dan. Scotty Barnes drafted like 20 slots later. How the hell can you have Kawhi Leonard ahead of Scotty Barnes? Well, the answer is because Kawhi Leonard has just been better from a fantasy standpoint. Kawhi is number six right now 
on a per game basis, and he's played in I think has had every single ball game for the Clippers. I think he's played in every single one right now, which is nuts. Did he skip one? He might have skipped one. Either way, every damn ball game. We're just gonna round up if I'm missing one. He's at 24.5 points, 2.3 three-pointers, six boards, three and a half assists, 1.5 steals, 0.7 blocks, 52% from the field, 88% at the free throw line, and a paltry 1.5 turnovers per game. He is a mistake-free basketball player. He's a positive impact nine-category player in all nine categories. And the only one that's close, really, is blocks at 0.7, which is like right on league average. I guess his 3.5 assists is really close to league average also. But it is so hard to be a positive player in everything, including a medium-sized positive in points, a medium-sized positive in steals, field goal, and free throw percent. Kawhi Leonard's just been roaring. He's been top four over the last month, so rising as he goes and yes, I know he was a guy that was getting drafted like near 30. And so, again, degree of guilt difficulty was not as hard as someone like a Scotty Barnes or the number one player on our list, who I think had the highest degree of difficulty of anybody on this board. But Kawhi's impact has also been greater. Like, Dan, he's only like three slots ahead of Chad Holmgren. But remember, everybody in this range, it's a bigger gap. So the gap in value between Scotty Barnes and Kawhi Leonard is the same as the gap between Scotty Barnes and the number 24 guy. So it's like there's a whole round of value in between Barnes and Kawhi, even though they're only five slots apart. And, you know, same general story for Chet Holmgren. Like, it's the difference between those three slots from Kawhi to Chet is the same as from Chet down to, like, LeBron at number 17. There's just bigger impact to move each slot at this part of the board. And, like, look, he's chasing down Tyrese Halliburton right now. He's chasing down Nikola Jokic. Those guys have been playing poorly over the last couple of weeks, and Kawhi's been dominating. And he could legitimately be a top-five fantasy play on a per-game side before the month is done. And by totals, he's even better. He's ahead of Luka Doncic. He's ahead of Halliburton, who missed a couple of ball games. Kawhi's number five by totals. He's probably not catching the guys in front of him anytime too soon, but you never know. And figuring out my number one is very easy. He's the one giant winner that we haven't talked about, and that is Tyrese Maxey, who's also been truly, truly amazing. He's number nine by totals, by the way, while we're looking at that board. He's number 13 on a per-game basis, so right behind Scotty Barnes. They basically are the same rank. Those two are, are neck and neck. And the reason I gave Maxey the edge over Barnes, if you were going to try to figure out why he was ahead of these other guys, is because he was drafted the latest of any of these guys going in the first round. Uh, ADP on Barnes was like around 50. Maxey, it was more like 55. So I get it. It's close. Both those guys were fifth rounders, but one of them was early fifth. The other was mid to late. So the action there is, again, degree of difficulty stuff. Uh, and then the other deal with uh, Maxi is that while Barnes, I think you could probably argue, has more positives, Maxi has fewer negatives. You guys know I like that in, in my fantasy stuff. Scotty Barnes has a negative in free throw percent, in turnovers, positive in pretty much everything else. Tyrese Maxi has a negative in field goal percent. And then most of his other stuff is pretty darn close to league average or better. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go not that far out on a limb and say that if or when we do this show again, like two months from now, if the guys keep playing the way they are, 
I probably flip-flop some of these names at the very top. And Kawhi might be my number one pick all year, if that's the way it goes. Or Harden could jump up to number one if he keeps playing the way he is. Maxi probably falls to two, three, or four because he has actually slowed a little over the last three weeks. Uh, he was number eight or nine. He's now down again just outside the first round, kind of a turn guy at the moment, where Scotty Barnes has kind of been pretty well lodged in at that 10, 11, 12 spot for a while. Uh, but in terms of, again, number one here for Tyrese Maxey is degree of difficulty. That's why he's where he is. Uh, if he and Barnes were drafted, flipped, if Maxey was the one who went first, he probably would have been third on my board. Uh, and Scotty Barnes would have been first. Now, before you guys yell at me, I do have a list of uh, honorable mentions. Here's the top 10 all lined up. Maxi, Kawhi, Barnes, Holmgren, Harden, Derek White, Brooke Lopez, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jalen Johnson, and Kobe White. That's your top 10. Uh, and here is the honorable mentions list. LeBron James, who's been a pillar of efficiency so far this year in, frankly, a way that I just I don't think that anybody could have really seen coming, and I say that as someone who obviously wasn't as high on him, but shooting 54%, hitting all these three-pointers, while his usage is way down. His value's gone up, and his usage has gone down because his percentages are nuts and his steals have been nuts so far this year. If the steals come down and the field goal percent comes down, LeBron falls to kind of where we expected, but right now, he's been amazing. Paul George is another honorable mention. Uh, he was drafted actually very close to LeBron, though. Those guys went between 25 and 30 in a lot of drafts. PG slipped into the mid to late 30s, like kind of towards the end of, of draft season, and he's at 15. So that's a really good jump for him. And if you're like, why is, why is James Harden on the board but not Paul George? A lot of it has to do with PG getting off to that insane start, and then he's been sort of trending, I don't want to say down, but slightly down since then, and Harden's been more on the rise. Terry Rozier, who likely won't be on this board once LaMelo Ball comes back. He's been an, an honorable mention right now because Rozier's putting up third-round value. Basically all with LaMelo out. That's going to fall. We know that. C.J. McCollum is on the board. He's number 18, but he missed a month. So uh, for me, a lot of it is I just don't really believe that he's going to have 2.2 defensive stats and have the percentages he does right now. Um, but he's been really, really, really good through his first, you know, three or four-ish, four and a half weeks of basketball since coming back, or total on both ends of the small pneumothorax he dealt with. Uh, but he's number 18 right now, so if I don't mention him, then I'd just be a jerk. And Jonas Valanciunas, this is one that I was way off on. You want to talk about other ones that I missed? JV's been awesome this year. He's number 41. His minutes are up despite Zion being back. Did not see that one coming. And his blocks are way up. Definitely didn't see that one coming. And then the other stuff with him, like, that's all repeatable. Good field goal, good free throw, good rebounds. That would have been the reason you drafted him. But you're getting more. You're getting more scoring than expected. You're getting way more blocks than expected. And that's why he's jumped up the board probably 40, 50 slots higher than most people expected him to be. I want to figure out if I can go back a page here so you guys... There we go. Now you guys can see the total top 10 while we're sort of wrapping this thing up, How? Uh, this is fun. I would love it if those of you watching not only did the usual stuff like lighting, liking and subscribing and finding me on social, but I would love it if you guys would give some thoughts on the list. Who did I miss? Who should I uh, have added? Should, who should I have removed from the list? Were my honorable mentions, guys, that should have been on in place of the top 10? And if you guys like this, 
we'll do a top 10 worst picks of the season so far. I think most people love when analysts come on and clown on things. I don't think that's as fun because I like to look at things more from a optimistic, positive view. But if that's what you guys want, you already know who the number one is going to be on that board. But if that's what you guys want, then that's what you guys shall receive. So let me know if you want a worst list in the comments section. Anybody that's listening can navigate over to youtube.com slash sportsethos and leave a comment on any one of the shows. Obviously, leaving it on this one would probably be the most apt because then I'll know what you're talking about. But again, let me know your thoughts on this stuff. Let's argue about it. Let's have some fun. Let's keep it positive. This is a list that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Congratulations if you have two, three, or four of any of these guys on your fantasy team. Uh, And then if you guys want to know who of these guys were on the old man squad and who were guys that Sports Ethos were targeting, let me rapid fire through the 10 names here. Tyrese Maxey, Kawhi Leonard, Chet Holmgren, Brooke Lopez were all on the old man squad. Uh, Derek White and Jalen Johnson were big B-150 sleeper targets. The guys I very much did not have on my board were Kobe White, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Scotty Barnes of that list. And then James Harden was one when he was getting drafted in the 20s. I said I wouldn't touch him. And when he got moved down to the 40s, 50s, and 60s, he became someone that I talked about at the very end of draft season and said, this is a guy you have to take a shot on in that range. He wasn't technically on any boards that we did, but he was sort of a late you should probably take this swing guy, uh, so we'll call him a net neutral on that. So uh, pretty good hit rate for whatever that's worth. Definitely one that we missed. Um, and let's talk about it. Coming up in a few hours also on the show. If you want to know what's up, obviously hitting subscribe is the easiest way to do that, but we'll have our Wednesday recap show coming in just a couple of hours. Thanks for hanging with us. Hope you guys enjoyed this silly little one-off. And again, if you like it and you say you like it, we'll do the worst list. We can all laugh together at that one. Hope we don't have them. I'm Dan Bespris for Fantasy NBA Today. Catch you guys in a little bit.